Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Come on, let's just bless them tonight. Amen. I'd like you to grab your Bibles tonight, and while you grab them, I'd like you to grab your keys tonight, if you'd do me a favor. Just grab your keys tonight, because I want to talk tonight about the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the keys of the kingdom. So grab your Bibles, grab your keys, and go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16 tonight. Matthew chapter 16. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to cross into the roaring 20s here really soon, aren't we? <laughs> Somebody say the roaring 20s. Somebody say a new era. A new decade. Come on, say it. A new era. A new decade. The roaring 20s. <laughs> yes. Glory. Glory. I love this passage of Scripture. I'm excited about what the Lord wants to release tonight, but I want to speak to you this evening about the keys of the kingdom. Matthew 16, are you there? I'm going to begin to read out of two different portions tonight. I'm going to begin to read out of the New King James Version. Then I'm going to read out of the Message Translation. I'm, I'm sorry, the Passion Translation. I'm in verse 13. Are you there? Oh, there's two people. Are, are you there? Okay, talk to me tonight. And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, and he said, You are the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. Jesus answered to him, and he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm going to jump over now. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation tonight, if you have that this evening. And again, I'm in verse 13. Are you with me tonight? And when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. What are people saying about me, the Son of Man? Who do they believe that I am? They answered, well, some are convinced that you are John the baptizer, and others say Elijah reincarnated, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But you, who do you say that I am, Jesus asked. And Simon Peter, he spoke up, and he said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own. I love that. 
You didn't discover this on your own. But my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I build my church, my legislative assembly. And the power of death will not be able to overpower it. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Amen. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. He then gave his disciples strict orders to tell them, to tell anyone that he was God's anointed one. Father, I thank you for the word tonight. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the glory that is in your word and the anointing that is upon your word. Thank you, Lord. Let your anointing flow richly in this house tonight, Lord. Your anointing throughout this entire campus in our children's classes tonight, in our nurseries tonight, right here in the family room tonight. Lord, let your anointing flow like a river in Jesus' name. And Father God, I want to thank you for this new year that we're coming into. I want to thank you for this new era. I want to thank you for this new decade that we are moving into a new anointing from the Holy Spirit I want to thank you for this new era, Lord, that we are getting ready for radical, radical change. Lord, I thank you that you are preparing the hearts. You are preparing us to be part of a transformational revival, a revolution, God, a reformation to America and to the nations, God. Lord, I say that we yield to you. We have determined already to partner with the Holy Spirit to invade the atmosphere. In unprecedented ways, Lord, we thank you, Father, that we were born for such a time as this. This time of a new era in the church. And by faith and by courage, Lord, we will seize our opportunity. We will seize this opportunity. We will seize this new era by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Somebody shout the victory tonight. My, my. My, my. I want you to take out your keys tonight. I want you to rattle those keys. Just rattle them around. I want you to shake your keys around. Come on. Take out your keys. Shake them around. Now, look at your keys. This is simple, but look at your keys. See? You have access into places. That's what this represents. Your keys that you hold in your hand tonight mean you have access into places. As I look at my keys tonight, I I can see the key to my house. I can see the key to the Gibbs house. Now, you don't have that key, but I have that key. That means I have access. I see my son has that same key. He's excited over there. I have, a, I have a key to the Gibbs house tonight. Now, you don't have that key, but you have a key to your house. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? I see keys to this campus. I see keys to the storage for our ministry. I see all these different keys here. But see, as you look at your keys tonight, I want you to think about the access that you have and the authorization that you have in places that only you have. Think about that. Thank you, Victoria. Great catch. That's right. Authorization that you have. Authorization and authority and responsibility that you've been given with those keys. You ever, you ever misplaced your keys? All right. Few people. Have you ever misplaced your keys? Have you ever went looking around your house for your keys while your keys were in your hand? <laughs> um, me too. I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> keys are important. Amen? Keys are important. I want to talk to you tonight about the keys of the kingdom. This is an unfolding revelation that has continued to grow for us that Jesus says he's going to, he's going to build this church and the gates of hell are literally not going to prevail against it. And this church that Jesus is building how many of you know he's really building this church? You really know that? He's building this church. This is not, this is not about some campus that just opens its doors a few days a week and, and it serves uh, good coffee and it, and it offers contemporary and modern services. I, I, I'm not talking about that church. I'm talking about an ecclesia of power, of power, a governmental assembly, a governing assembly that will rule with authority that Jesus said, this is what he is building in the earth. This is what he's building. I want to say this tonight, if you can capture some of this, because the church is the ecclesia. The church is the embassy of heaven. I've given some of this language before in the church, but how many of you know that faith comes by hearing? Faith doesn't just come by having heard. Come on, are you hearing tonight? Faith doesn't just come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. And this is something that we have to get our heart and our mind renewed to over and over and over because God wants to establish us to become an ecclesia of heaven. Our destiny, our destiny as victory is not to just gain territory and property so that we can open doors a few days a week and offer good coffee and a few good services. You know, it, it, especially in this generation, a, a lot of people think that church is just about good times and having good relationships and good fellowship and having friends and having a place of acceptance. And you know what? I'm not going to minimize that, but I am going to tell you the Lord Jesus has an exceedingly greater vision for building the church of just a place of little friendships and gatherings that he's been dreaming about the church that he's building with power and glory that will execute his will in the earth in this hour. Come on, church. I've been saying that we are an embassy of heaven. You need to say that over your life. I, I proclaim it over me. I'm an embassy of heaven. I'm a place where angels, I am a place where angels descend and ascend from my life. I am an embassy of heaven. I am walking under an open heaven. I am an embassy of heaven. Are you hearing this? 
We are an ecclesia, and the embassy of heaven does these things. It builds the throne and the seat of authority for God in the earth realm. You got to hear this tonight. Let your spirit explode with this. The embassy of heaven are the ones who build the throne. My, my, my buddy Tommy Tenney always says it like this. We've been called to build the throne zone. The throne zone. I love that. But basically, that's really a living embassy. It's a living embassy where we begin to release the power and the glory of the kingdom in every sphere of society. See, this church that Jesus is talking about is an unstoppable power. It is an apostolic force. It is a burning, unstoppable, unquenchable people that triumph over all the works of the devil. Where they triumph over all the works of the devil. This is where we're going. Jesus said, you look at your scriptures and let your eyes fall across it again. He says, I'm going to build this church. And he says, the gates of hell, they're not going to prevail against it. And then he says these words, I will give you the keys. I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Hallelujah. That whatever you permit in the earth is actually permitted in heaven. And whatever you forbid in the earth is already forbidden in the heaven. See, the Lord is wanting us to take our ownership. Remember, I've, I, I've, I've said this so many times. Revelation is actually what establishes authority. Say it tonight. Revelation is what establishes authority. Revelation is what establishes authority. See, in that revelatory moment where Peter received from the Father, you're the Christ, you're the Son of the living God. It was an inaugural moment. It was a watershed moment that by revelation, authority was released into the earth. See, when, when I move in revelation, I'm able to move in authority. The, the enemy knows when we're guessing. The enemy knows when we're moving in, in theory and ideas. But he also knows when we're moving. He also knows when you're moving in revelation. You know why? Because authority can be executed. Come on. So Jesus asked this question. It's imperative. Hear the question tonight. It's imperative. Jesus is asking, who who do you really say that I am? And, And we know that Jesus was not really checking his poll numbers, right? He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't on his iPhone busy looking at his Twitter feed and looking at his Facebook column to see how many likes that he was getting in the following. Are you hearing me? Well, Jesus wasn't doing that because Jesus, he wasn't confused about his identity. Jesus, Jesus was not confused about his identity. He was on a mission. And he fulfilled his destiny, and now he's still 
fulfilling his destiny by building a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Come on and shout amen tonight. Come on. <laughs> this is a transcendent moment. When revelation burst through that atmosphere, because Jesus turns to Peter and he says, listen, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. Nothing in the natural coached you into this moment. What came upon you was the inspiration of my Father's heart. What was hidden from ages past has now been revealed unto you. And because of this revelation, you're going to see I'm going to build a church and hell can do nothing about it. It's a watershed moment. Peter has this experience. I would say that he had a burst of spiritual clarity. How many of you know we need spiritual clarity in this hour? There's a lot of people walking in some spiritual a spirit of dumb and dumber in this hour. They need clarity. They need the spirit of wisdom. They need the spirit of understanding. They need the spirit of revelation. That means you get clarity. I don't know if you saw that tonight. When I got up and began to declare that word over, over the family tonight, I just thought about the pillar of fire. If you could see it in the night, they had clarity. Do you see that? When they were walking through those mountain ridges, the, that pillar of fire was moving and leading them. They had clarity. They knew where they were going. They weren't guessing. And when that pillar of cloud by day was moving, they were moving. They had clarity. They knew where they were going. God doesn't want you in the fog. He wants you to have 2020 vision. <laughs> 2020, are you with me? Some of you got it. But Jesus speaks into Peter, and I, I love this because Peter's heart is exploding. And he's like, that's what revelation feels like. When your spirit stands at attention and you feel like your heart is just exploding, that's revelation. And that's the Holy Ghost ministry. His ministry is moving through here tonight. That's his ministry. When he makes something that is so unsure to you, crystal clear, and he breathes on you, and then suddenly you have clarity, that's the ministry of the Holy Ghost. He recognized Jesus was not just some skilled rabbi or some wise, skilled rabbi. He wasn't, he wasn't just a prophetic messenger. Notice that people were saying, he's Jeremiah. No, he wasn't just a prophetic messenger. No, the answer is profound. The answer is revelatory. The answer is earth-shaking. My father revealed this to you. My father revealed this to you. Now, we've talked about this word before, ecclesia, where Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. And he's building it even now in our present time. I've pioneered two different churches. I've, I've preached in hundreds of churches throughout this country and other places of the world. But what I'm talking about and what Jesus is talking about are two different things. They produce 
two different things. The church system that all of us are very accustomed to is a gathering place. The church that we the, the church system that we have grown so accustomed to is just a gathering place. It's a place of acceptance, it's a place of grace, it's a place of love, it's a place of friendship. And it produces one thing, but actually what Jesus was talking about produces something far superior because it becomes an embassy of heaven that begins to rule and release authority and power. An embassy of heaven begins to release authority and power in a region so that principalities and powers start being uncovered and overturned and have to hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more. Are you with me tonight? It's a defining moment. What Jesus releases is a defining moment of divine revelation. It was literally, I will say, this message here was a turning point in Jesus' message. Because he announces that this rock that the church is going to be built on is none other than Jesus himself. Isn't that awesome? Now, the disciples, let's look into the window of their heart for a little while. The disciples understood this word, ecclesia. And they understood this word to mean an assembly of people who actually govern the affairs of a city. They govern the affairs of a state or a nation or a parliament or a congress. I want you to think about that. When they heard Jesus use this word, they, they were seeing something different. They, they weren't seeing a church campus. I mean, really. When, when Jesus said this, that he's going to build the ecclesia and the gates of hell, it's not going to prevail against it. They weren't seeing a, a nice, pristine church campus. They were seeing a governing body that governs the affairs of a city or a nation or a principality or a, a parliament or a congress. That's what they were seeing. In the Roman culture, the ecclesia, they were assembly of people who were actually sent out after Rome conquered a region. We've talked about this before. But again, faith does not come by having heard. It comes by hearing. When Rome would go out and they would, they would conquer another nation, after militarily they had had victory and conquest and triumph, then they released and departed the Axia to go into that region that had been conquered so that they could disciple that nation. Did you hear that? They would send their ecclesia to go and to infiltrate government, social culture, language, arts, education. Until what? Until the people's structure and their thoughts and their actions actually reflected the ways of the Romans. You got to see this because, see, if, if Caesar were to be sent out to another nation, when Caesar arrived into that new conquered nation, it needed to model that which looked like Rome and that which functioned like Rome and that which was structured like Rome. Are you seeing this? So they would send out what was called apostolic ships. Apostolic ships. Rome did this. And what, why did they do that? They packed these ships, these apostolic ships. 
They were loaded up with the ecclesia. They were those that were going to govern cities, govern regions, and they would set the agenda on how life would function and how it would be. Are you with me tonight? Yeah, that's, you're seeing things in a different light. But that's, that's what the apostles saw when they heard Jesus declare, I'm going to build this ecclesia and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. He was declaring something revolutionary. Are you with me tonight? Now, in other words, the ecclesia has an assignment. It has an assignment to install the culture or the ideas of that Roman kingdom. I want you to hear that again. The ecclesia had an assignment to install a culture or the ideas of that Roman kingdom. So Jesus was announcing, I'm going to release a legislative spiritual body that is going to move and influence the earth to bring the very culture of heaven. Come on, are you, are you still with me? I'm going to release this legislative body who is going to release the government of God. And the government of God and the government of kingdom is going to actually be reproduced in the earth because, see, the Father would have never told Jesus, given him authorization to pray this wild, wild, audacious prayer to pray that thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven unless it was possible. Oh, my gosh, folks, think of that. Remember in John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, Jesus says, I don't do anything unless I see my Father doing it. I don't say anything unless I hear my Father saying it because he's the one who gives me authorization. So if Jesus was saying, here's the prayer that you have authorization to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, guess where he got the authorization from his Father? This is the Father's dream, that the earth would mirror the culture of heaven. How's he going to do it? Through the ecclesia. The ecclesia were who? Take some notes tonight. The ecclesia, they were the elders. The ecclesia were the social watchmen. They were those who governed the affairs of the culture and they permitted or they forbid what would happen in towns and villages. The ecclesia were ones who set the agenda for what would be allowed amongst the people groups. The ecclesia met at the gates of the community. Remember that tonight. The ecclesia met at the gates of the, communi uh, of the community. Why? So that they could write legislation and give authorization. They met at the gates. At the gates. That's why you have to have keys. That's why you got to have keys. Shake your keys. Come on, somebody, you put your keys away. Shake your keys. Because in order to have authorization with dealing with gates, you have to have keys. And Jesus says, 
I am giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid, it'll be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you release and permit, it'll be permitted in heaven. I'm going to say it to you like this. God wants to back you up fully with heaven's authorization. God wants to back you up with heaven's authorization. And he's telling you, as a son and a daughter, you have access points. You are holding keys. You are holding authority now. I want to move you into the process of learning how to use your authority. I want you to learn how to activate and appropriate your authority and use your access point. I want you to learn how to use these keys. Come on, are you with me? This is powerful stuff. Jesus has commissioned you. Jesus has commissioned you. you got to take it personal tonight. Jesus has commissioned you to be his ambassador. Jesus is counting on you. Jesus has commissioned you and me to be his ambassadors. And he's counting on us to learn how to use the privilege of the keys of the kingdom. Why? So that the earth can start reflecting heaven's culture. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me? Come on. The ecclesia, again, it was defined as a governmental assembly. Its authority and its function was fundamentally to bring forth what Jesus inaugurated in this scripture in John 16 and 18. This church, the gates of hell, it's not going to prevail against it. The ecclesia, hear this, they were ones who shouldered the responsibilities as representatives, as God's ruling council. Hear this again. The ecclesia, they were those who shouldered the responsibilities as God's representatives, as a ruling council in the earth. See, we've got to get our mind renewed about what we're actually doing. We're, we're not just coming to a property, a building, a, gal, a, a gathering, a rallying point to receive some good inspirations. You're not coming here to just have some good goosebump moments and moments of inspiration and excitement, some good moments of worship. No, that's not why we are here. We are here to discover the authority and the power and the dominion that God has given to his sons and daughters in this hour. And if we don't, if we don't tap in to this revelation to release authorization, the world is going to keep looking like it's looking. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Look at the last 50 years in the United States of America while people were attending churches and acting like they were doing God a great favor by showing up to church. The enemy was discipling America. Wow. 
You wonder why our legislation looks the way it looks. You wonder why we have what we have in the courts. You wonder why we have what we have with our judges. I'm telling you, see, in the Gibbs household, when we're praying, when Brent and I are praying, we're no longer just calling laborers into the harvest field. That's, that's pretty generic. We've been praying that a long time. In fact, the church has been praying that, and we, we think in terms of missionaries, Oh, God, just, just send the laborers, send the laborers into Africa, into Ecuador and El Salvador and Laos and Haiti. And, oh, God, send them there to India. And send, No, I think that we need to be praying like this. Oh, God, raise up judges. Raise up governors. Ha! Raise up senators. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Raise up godly mayors for cities. That's what I've been praying. God, raise up godly, powerful mayors. Raise up. See, because the Holy Spirit is hungry for cities and regions. The Holy Spirit, <laughs> Woo! he's hungry for cities and regions. That's why we've got to pray that the Lord of the harvest will thrust out mayors and governors and senators and congresswomen and congressmen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And governors in this hour. This is what we've got to be praying. Why? Because God wants us to loose the ecclesia on our nation for transformation. I'm praying this over Sean Foyt. I know many of you are too. And I believe he's going to win and God's going to carry him all the way. Come on, shout the victory. <laughs> Glory to God. The ecclesia are those who shoulder the responsibility because they realize I'm God's representative. See, you see it totally different. See, if, if, if you and I go to Washington tomorrow and you were a congressman or a congresswoman, you would know that you're representing the state of Florida. But see, we, can, we need to change the script. You need to understand that when we stand in the presence of God, when we come here, when we come here to victory and we stand before God as the ecclesia, we are the representatives that God has called to pray and shape culture. We are the ones who are to be forbidding certain things happening in our city and region. You know, I, I know I said this a couple, couple weeks ago, and some of you heard it, and some of it, it just kind of bounced off some of your foreheads. But back in 2009, see, the LGBTQ community they had their sights on Sarasota, Florida. Some of you don't know about this. They had their sights set on Sarasota, Florida, and their goal was to bring the first transgender mayor into this very city for it to become a stronghold for the LGBTQ. Well, we got wind of it, us and other ministries, and we began to go after it, and we, we, we began to go downtown. They had the person groomed, too, who they were going to raise up and put in that place. This happened in 2009 in this city. And we went downtown with other spiritual elders, and we began to forbid that. We began to shut the doors. How do you do that? You take your keys. You come on, church. You take your keys. Shake your keys. 
You take those keys and you shut the door and you lock the devil out. Come on. This is how you do it. When you've got a prodigal son and daughter, when you've got prodigals, you shut and lock the doors to the enemy and say you have no access. you got to learn how to use your keys. And to God be the glory, that door was shut and kept locked over Sarasota. There's more battles coming, I'm telling you. There's more battles coming. But that's one example tonight. In Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 23, it says that Christ is the head of the church. Say that tonight with me. Christ is the head of the church. And it says that we are his body. I want to give you this picture tonight because Christ is the head, yet his body remains in the earth. Can you see that? See, Christ is seated in heavenly places, right? But as we're in the earth, the body remains in the earth generation after generation. But we have been called to do something. While Christ remains the head and we're the body in the earth, we are here to expand the rule and the habitation of the kingdom of God throughout generation to to the next generation to the next generation to the next generation. Now, what should be happening after generation after generation? Increase. Increase. And of the increase of his kingdom... There shall be no end. Thank you. And of the increase of his kingdom, there should be no end. Are you catching this with me? I'm giving you a prophetic picture. The church is supposed to be increasing one generation to another generation to another generation to another generation till a time where the sons and daughters of God are so made manifest that they are actually not allowing hell to prevail over them any longer. This is good news. Oh, friends, this is good news. This is good news. We've got to have a revelation and understanding like never before. Like never before if we're going to take our position and begin to move in our divine assignments. We've got to move in our commission. This is a big point tonight, and I encourage you to write it down. The ecclesia has to recognize first and foremost that Jesus holds all authority. See, if you're guessing about that and if you're waffling about it, you'll not move in power. You'll move in timidity. If you're uncertain that Jesus holds all authority, you'll never find your prophetic voice. You'll never find your prophetic roar until that revelation establishes authority. He holds all authority. Demon systems cannot defeat this church because we've been given the keys to lock them out of localities. Are you with me tonight? The ecclesia, they represent Jesus' role in the earth. And there's so much to this, guys, tonight. So much. It is not enough for us to just think we could just be a healthy church. If we evangelize, if we give to world missions, if we, if we give to the persecuted church, if we give to the poor, if we have some good programs for families, if we run excellent programs for children, I, I will say all of those things are extraordinarily important. And that's why we're working at them. 
But there is something greater that Jesus is dreaming about. And that's about us releasing his authority and power in every sphere of our city. We got to love our city. How often do you drive around in your car and just declare, Sarasota, Father loves you? Venice, Father loves you. Boy, I want to encourage you. If you're not doing that, you got to do it. The other day I was driving south on I-75, and I looked over. I was passing Fruitville Road, and I just stretched forth my hand. I said, Sarasota, (laughs) Father loves you, and you will become a stronghold for his kingdom. you got to bless the city. The ecclesia has to bless the city. Are you hearing me tonight? Don't miss this point. Write it down. The ecclesia was founded upon the apostles and the prophets. This is a big deal. The ecclesia was founded upon the apostles and prophets. This ecclesia that Jesus was talking about, this is found in Ephesians 1, verse 22, verse 23, verse 20. See, the mindset of sent one. See, what what is an apostle? An apostle is a sent one. If I asked you, what is an apostle? Tell me what it is. It's a sent one. Come on, say it. What is an apostle? It's a sent one. What is a prophet? They're a visionary. See, uh, the mindset of a sent one and a visionary is very different from the mindset of just pastors and teachers. Now, they're all necessary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're all necessary. And How do I know they're necessary? Because Jesus said in Ephesians 4, he says, He gave apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. So we need them all. Are you hearing me? We need them all. But the apostolic church was founded upon the sent ones and the visionaries, the apostles and the prophets. Why? Because the apostles and the prophets, they kept this chief concern right at the cornerstone. Heaven has to be coming to earth, and that is the priority. Some of you got that. You need to write it down. Heaven has to be coming to earth, and that is the priority. That's what the priority of the apostles and prophets were. Sometimes, see, I know I'm treading on some, uh, well, I can't say ice because we're in Florida. So I'm treading somewhere. I'm treading on the heads of alligators at this moment. Because we've, be, we've <laughs> we have moved in such a paradigm and a realm of pastoral leadership of just being cared for and loved and hugged and doted upon. Man, if I could just have 50 pastors all around me at all times just telling me how great I am and encouraging me. You're so great. Man, that shirt looks good on you, dude. You have the best beard that I've seen in 10 years. You got the best teeth. Your smile's amazing. And I love your socks. And oh, and I've loved your amen during my message tonight. And you know, you're great. And your wife is great. Your baby's great wherever your baby went. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? 
I mean, if we could just if we could just have some more pastors, you know, doting people and patting people on the back and validating them and encouraging them, and and you're great. And man, I'm gonna call you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. and I'm gonna have my pom poms out. And I'm gonna be cheering you, and I, I'm gonna say your name, and I'm gonna say you're great, and I and I'm gonna put your name and your face on uh, on a box of Wheaties one day. One day I'm gonna I'm gonna have your face on a box of Wheaties, and and you're a champion, man. And you're going to make it. Well, we've done all that forever. We have done, we have padded backs and butts for so long. You all know that. <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. We have padded each other for so long. We've encouraged each other out the wazoots. Yet the church is running so low in the realm of power. The church has been moving so low in the realm of authority and prayer. Moving in authority and prayer. We've been high on validation, high on encouragement, but not using the power that Jesus gave to us to become the ecclesia. Jesus said, Mark 11, verse 17, he said, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. See, folks, prayer is the power source of the ecclesia. Prayer is the power source for the ecclesia. Prayer is the power source for the ecclesia. Prayer is the way to strategically and accurately legislate. Prayer is the way to accurately and strategically legislate, to change and bring transformation. See, this is how we deal with strongholds of murder in our region. This is how we deal with drugs in this region. This is how we deal with sex trafficking in the state of Florida through our prayers. Through stepping into the courts of heaven before God as the ecclesia and presenting ourselves before God and permitting it per, or, or forbidding it and saying, God, we will not permit this level of sin and atrocity any longer. You know... You know, I believe so much in this that I believe that when we pray, I believe that the inspiration and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is moving on our level of prayer, it moves down to the cops. It moves down to the police. It moves down to the firefighters. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I believe when the church prays, inspiration comes upon our law enforcement, and they find those people who are doing human trafficking. That's how it works. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. If, if we pray, then the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, if we declare it, if we legislate it, if we say it, those prayers will land upon law enforcement and they'll find the evildoers. Are you with me? That's how it happens. That's how it happens. 
It's just like when you open your mouth in the secret place and you're praying over that missionary that's on the other side of the world. You know as well as I do when you stand in that place and you and you declare and release angels to them, you have no doubt in you that angels are being dispatched from the throne and landing in that nation to minister to that missionary and his wife. You have no doubt about it, do you? No doubt at all. It's the same way. It's the same way right here in our city. When we take ownership and we take responsibility and we enter into the minefield. Are you hearing what the Lord said tonight? When you enter into the minefield, that which has been roped off to us and says, you have no access in this point. When you see, when you see those, you have no access, when you see the barbed wires, when you see the doors, and you see the locks on the doors, and you take your keys out. <laughs> Come on. You need to take your keys out and start learning how to unlock the doors. Hallelujah. This is good. Praise God. I'm so glad you're with me tonight. I can feel it. You're with me tonight. Prayer is the power of God. I want you to write it down, but I want you to say it. Prayer is the power of God. Say it again. Prayer is the front line for the bold and the courageous. Prayer is where we, dec we decree there is no retreat. You, you know as well as I do, you're smart people, you're discerning people, you're praying people. A lot of the church is retreating. A lot of the church is, is even retreating of what is actually sound doctrine and what is clear in the scriptures, but they have no courage and boldness to stand with the authority of the written word of God. You know why? No prayer. No prayer. Prayer is the power of God. You get before the Lord and you let your prayer life begin to burn and come alive again, you'll tremble at the word of God. God's not going to rewrite the whole entire Bible for a perverted generation. He's not going to do it. His word isn't going to change. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, it shall remain forever. I'm closing here in just a second. The gates are the access points. The gates are the access points. Guys, are we okay back there? I see a lot of men in the foyer. Are we okay? There's no episode? Everything's good on the campus? Good. Okay. When I see a lot of men out there, I'm like, okay, what's going on? Gates are moved by keys. It's simple, isn't it? Gates are moved and opened and allowed access or closed by keys. Gates are the transitional place to move into something or to move out of something. Now, I believe the words of the prophets that we are moving through a, a door into a new era. I believe this. We're not just entering into a new year soon. We're entering into a brand new decade, the 20s. And we're declaring here at Victory, they are the roaring 20s. And how we're going to move forward 
through these doors, there's many doors. You got to see it. It's through the keys. It's through the keys. There's going to be another door and another door and another door. See, God is wanting to unlock some doors for your family, for your dreams, for your family line, for this region, for the church, for the state of Florida. See, I, 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 I'm going to say this, and, I, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it humbly, but I'm going to say it because it's the truth. When I stand here on Saturday nights and I, and I stand in authority and I proclaim the word of the Lord over you as a family and I take this word and I'm washing you with this word and I'm allowing faith to just come and explode in your life because faith comes by hearing. I'm not just preaching for this moment. I am standing as a watchman and a gatekeeper for the state of Florida. I am aware, I'm aware of my assignment. I'm aware of the authority that God has given me, and there's only a sphere of authority that he's given me. And I'm to stay in that sphere. But I'm going to tell you, folks, I, I recognize that when, when I stand here as a man of God, called by God, preaching this word under his anointing, it's not for these moments, just these moments. I'm a gatekeeper, I'm a watchman, and I'm speaking to that which God's going to do in our city and our region, but also other counties in the state of Florida. I told you, I, I confess this, I'm an embassy of heaven. I, you need to confess that over your life. I'm an embassy of heaven, and you need to confess this, I'm a gatekeeper. I'm a gatekeeper. I'm a watchman. See, this will awaken your divine calling. It will awaken the anointing upon you. It, awaken, it will awaken the discerning of spirits. It will awaken discernment in you. When you declare this, that you are God's watcher, see, the Holy Spirit will activate something within you, and you'll begin to see differently it's how, how do I know this? It's Ephesians 1.19. Paul said, pray this way, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. It'll happen. If you recognize you're called to be an intercessor, a watchman, a gatekeeper, God will give you the eyes of understanding. And while everyone else is moving in virtual reality, you'll be moving in another realm and dimension by the Holy Ghost. You'll be seeing beyond. The Scripture says, the Scripture says, that the children of Israel, they saw the acts of God, yet Moses knew the ways of God. What that means to us is some people just see what's happening. But Moses had a spirit of understanding in him to know why, why it was actually happening behind it. I don't know if I said that good enough for you. The children of Israel saw the acts of God. But yet Moses knew the ways of God. And, and, and knowing the ways of God is having a spirit of understanding. And it, that will begin to move you cross-culture to, to where most people are going and flocking to. Oh, man. 
So gates are an exit and they're an entry. And in biblical times, the elders sat in the gates proclaiming as an ecclesia, this is how it's going to work. I've got to give you a scripture tonight, Genesis twenty-two seventeen. 17. I'm just about done, for real. Genesis 22, verse 17. God told Abraham, watch these words. Are they behind me? He said, indeed, I will bless you. And then he goes on. He says, and, and your seed shall possess the gate of your enemies. <laughs> from the very beginning, from the very beginning, now look where it's positioned. He said, your seed will possess the gate of their enemies. Now, Galatians 3, verse 29, it says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Do you belong to Christ? Can I see your hand if you belong to Christ tonight? Then that means you are Abraham's offspring. And if you're Abraham's offspring, there's an anointing on you to do something. There's an anointing on you to possess the gates of your enemies. Come on, shout amen. There's an anointing. There's an anointing on you to possess the gates of your enemies. You got to use your keys. You got to use your keys. My God. It's time for the ecclesia to take its stand. I got three more pages, but I'm going to call it quits tonight. Thank you. Guys, we're in this together. Do you know we're in this together? I'm in this with you. I'm in this with you. You're in this with me. We're in this together. Revelation establishes authority. God wants to give us a greater revelation of who the church really is. I want a greater revelation of who the church really is. I want to move in a glorious authority and power over all the works of the devil. I want to see this region transformed. I want to see this state transformed. Do you know, do you know in the life of John G. Lake, many of you may know John G. Lake's ministry, that during that time when he opened the healing houses in Spokane, Washington, that the President of the United States declared through the government that Spokane, Washington was the most healthiest city at that time in the United States of America. That is the ecclesia changing the atmosphere. You see what I'm saying? That's extraordinary. That's extraordinary. The President of the United States declared Spokane, Washington was the healthiest city in America at that time during John G. Lake's ministry. That's amazing. Let it burn faith in you. Amen. Let it burn faith in you. That what can God do? What can God do with this family? We're small. But, but God said, oh, man, Gideon, you've got, you've got 32,000. I've got to whittle you down. You've got too many. Oh, man. Oh, you got 20,000. I got to whittle you down. Oh, Gideon. He whittled him down to 300 people. 
300 people. Why? God said, God said, because I want to get the glory. God said, I, I want to get the glory. I'm just going to whittle you down, Gideon, because I want to get the glory. And, and if I didn't do this to you, you would think that when I move, ah, we, we, we did this in our power. No, no. You know, it doesn't take a majority. It takes a remnant. It doesn't take a majority. It takes a remnant. And it takes a remnant who is moving in revelation that authority can come through. We're going to keep going in these realms. i got to keep preaching on this so that our heart keeps exploding and it becomes alive in us. Folks, folks, you are powerful. i got to remind you who you are. You are powerful. You have an extraordinary spirit inside of you that raised Christ from the dead. He lives and dwells in you. You are more powerful than all of the armies on the earth combined. What will we do with it? Take your keys tonight. Victoria, throw me my keys, honey. Go ahead, throw them. One more time. I have access to my home. I don't have access to your home. Your, your key hangs right there for your house, the Donahue house, the Miller house, the Mathis house, the Highfield house. You have a sphere of authority. You have a realm of authority. Tonight, look this way for a moment. Tonight, you'll lock your doors. Why will you do that? Because you are forbidding anyone to trespass in there. Simple, isn't it? You're forbidding anyone to trespass. See, may God enlarge our vision so that we take the keys of the kingdom and we say, we're forbidding the enemy access to this family. And if one is touched, we are all touched. If one is touched, we're all touched. The enemy is tra trespassing right now with Lois Cable. He's a trespasser, and he's got to go. Come on. He's got to go. And that filthy cancer has to go. We got to keep using our keys. We got to keep declaring it. We got to keep saying it. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.